Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mindshare Mentorship Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, it is a pleasure having you with me. My name is Kevin Whelan. And today I want to talk to you about how do you know whether you are specialized or niche enough, niche enough. And this is kind of a question that kind of comes up you know, from time to time when people are deciding what to focus on in terms of their, their niche or their niche uh, and or their specialization. And ultimately, there's kind of a few signals that, that have stood out to me since I've taken that path uh, as a consultant in the flexible office industry uh, and even with kind of doing the work that I do here in, in Mindshare. Um, but there really, to me, there are six kind of core signs that you're specialized enough, as well as on the flip side of that, some signs that maybe you're not quite specialized enough. So I'll, I'll just jump right into it. Um, and the first one is that there are few known alternative options for you, for your clients. So one of the benefits of, of the work that I do over with Everspaces is there really, there are other consultants out there. It's just my clients and even, even me, um, but my clients in particular have a hard time finding who they are. And that's because I'm pretty well sufficiently uh, different. So usually there are other people who are offering help around their, you know, running and they're operating their, their co-working space. And they tend to focus more on the operations, logistic, business design, planning, all that kind of stuff, space design, all these other kind of areas. And maybe some of them include marketing as part of that. And, um, and therefore, you know, I, I'm kind of very focused on just the marketing end of things. And there are very few alternatives for me. There are people that focus more on content and there are people that focus more broadly on the business, but I'm kind of in this strategy role from a marketing perspective. And I'm one of only a few people that I know that do that. So to my clients, there are very few interchangeable options with me. So there are very few other people who have the same positioning. So if they did want to switch or if they wanted to hire a different consultant on the strategic level, then it would be very difficult for them to, to find someone. Uh, and if they did, then I would probably hope to kind of stand out in some, some different way. So when working with you, when, when kind of niching or niching down and, and focusing you should have to kind of work hard to find other people who are suitable alternatives for you and or your clients have to kind of work hard in order to find these people who are suitable alternatives to you. You kind of want to feel like a category of one, you, even if there are other options to you and maybe they have slightly different flavors. You kind of want to feel like if you want this, if you're this kind of person and you want this kind of a service, this is what I do. This is all I do. And uh, as far as I know, I'm the best at it, if not the only. And, you know, obviously clients can go out and they will find other options if they exist, but you want to be kind of hard to, hard to replace basically and, and hard to find other people who are, um, who are very similar to you. And that's kind of the main thing. So I think it's kind of Seth Godin who says, you don't have to be the only in the world or the best in the world. You just need to be the best or the only in your client's world. And so that's kind of one of the areas that you know you're specialized enough when to your clients, you were like, wow, a custom fit option. And there really are no other options, or at least I'd have to go dig and find them. But at that point, uh, they have no reason to trust anyone that they just found off of Google, whereas they're talking to you, you're specialized. That's going to add a lot of credibility right away. So ideally, you're kind of one of only a few, if not the only known kind of option, and you should be uh, very distinct in what you do. Second kind of signal that you are specialized enough uh, is you have leverage around things like payment terms. So having leverage in general, so um, part of being one of only a few available options is you have less downward price pressure because you're less interchangeable. Um, and 
with that, you get to negotiate things like your fees and when you get paid and the the rates you charge. And there's not a lot of negotiation that your client could do. And maybe if, if they did want to negotiate and you did want to kind of work with them uh, in some on some level, that's really up to you. You have the leverage to say, well, this is how I work. And frankly, I don't do it this other way. So it's kind of a take it or leave it situation. But you have leverage. And I always say get paid in advance. You can always offer a money back guarantee. But the last thing you want to be doing is entering the collections industry and chasing people down. It's not good for you, your relationships with your clients or anything else. So get paid in advance. And the best way you can do that is to have the leverage to do so. And even if you don't have the leverage to do so, uh, I would demand it anyway and just say that's kind of how I work. And so even if you're not fully specialized yet or niche down or whatever, um, that's kind of the, the standard that I would work at. And very rarely will I offer any kind of a payment term style thing. I'll always get paid in advance. And that just allows me to kind of work uh, without worrying about the money and maintaining those relationships. So uh, do you have leverage around the payment terms and do people actually pay you in advance? Number three is people will hire you from from far away. So what I call, I call this the kind of the drive-by test, especially with my co-working consulting stuff. And you can use this in your own client relationship kind of discussions because it, it applies equally. And, and that is, how many other alternatives am I willing to drive by in order to do business with, with you? Or in the case of, of me, how many other consultants, uh, agencies, freelancers, whatever, are they willing to, to kind of work past? Like I'm up here in Canada and many of my clients are as far south as East Texas, Florida, some of them even further. And uh, to me, I passed the drive-by test because I obviously provide a sufficiently differentiated service as well as a good one. And therefore people are willing to willing to bypass hundreds or thousands of other marketing consultants and agencies to work with me because of my kind of X factor, my distinct kind of value in the market. And so there's a good sign that you are specialized enough when you have a good, uh, a good clientele that is from all over the place because it means they're willing to drive past, at least virtually, they're willing to drive past all these many miles to, to come work with you. And that's a really good sign. So do you pass the drive-by test is a really good signal that you're specialized enough. Uh, number four is you have some competition, right? Which is good. I think having no competition can be, can be a sign that maybe this industry isn't great for you. Although when I was getting into co-working, I had a hard time finding people who only did marketing for co-working spaces. There are some agencies out there, but even to this day, there's not that many kind of uh, um, co-working consultants in the marketing area. And if there are, I'm sure there are, I'm just not super aware of them, which is a good sign. Uh, at least, you know, they're not super present or they're more specialized or less specialized than I am. Um, but there are other options to me, right? There are other people selling marketing services, both in the form of agency, freelancing and consulting um, to that industry. And the question is, where do I fit in within them? And so if there's no competition, if there's no other consultants or nobody serving that market in your, in your kind of way, it might be a signal that the market is too small, that you focus down too much. Although, you know, that's kind of up to you. If you're able to sell to that industry or that market, then go for it. But if you find yourself having some difficulties and there are no one else in that market serving the same people, you might be kind of niched down or niche down too far. So that's number four. And number five is uh, you're able to sell things like info products and memberships to an audience. So generally people don't want to buy market general marketing advice. Yes, you can specialize horizontally and you can be kind of like a, a logo designer, you know, a log, I don't know, whatever, like a, I don't know, a local designer for uh, premium brands, right? So that's more of a horizontal sort of position. Um, and, and, and sure you could do info products or memberships around logo design for premium brands or whatever, but it's, it's more difficult, but you can do that. 
Uh, the other option though, is if you are vertically oriented, like, like I am where I pick a, a, an industry or a very distinct target market to focus my efforts on and to localize my work, my work for, um, then I'm much more able to sell info products and memberships because, uh, what I've done is using that word localization, which is what translators call the work that they do, um, is I'm able to take marketing knowledge that's generally known and held and apply it and do the thinking and translate it into their industry and their situation, their world, so that the language feels very relevant. And I've done the work of kind of refining the ideas down a step further so that they can implement things a lot more easily. Uh, that's a good example of, um, of the, one of the benefits of, of vertical specialization, which is one of my preferences. One of the things I recommend things get a lot easier when you specialize on a vertical basis. But with that, you're able to sell info products and or memberships, um, because you're targeting a specific group of people. The content is just like you as a consultant are, are more unique, less interchangeable. So too are your products. And therefore, if I want that information and I maybe can't afford to work with someone on a one-to-one basis, at least I can get that information, that knowledge, and I can buy it as an info product or a membership or some other kind of subscription or leveraged kind of group offering or scalable group offering. So yeah, there's a lot of things you can do around there, but if you're able to sell those and you have them and you're able to package it, great. Um, we'll talk about the flip side in just a minute, but yeah, if you find yourself not even knowing what to, to, to create or who, who would buy something from you, it's probably a sign you're not specialized enough. But again, we'll get into that in just a second. So that's number five. You're able to sell info products, uh, knowledge products, education products, whatever you call them, courses um, and or membership subscriptions or any other kind of leveraged form of uh, offering. Number six is you solve almost, and this is the final one. I'm sure there are more, but number six is you, you solve almost the exact same problems every day. So one of the things that I do is, and I was worried about this. I think as creatives, we we worry that, you know, we're going to kind of get into a niche or a niche and then things are going to get really boring. It's going to be groundhog day. Every day you wake up, talk to the same clients about the same thing over and over again, you go. And while to a certain extent it's true, I am solving very, very similar problems every single day. I think of it more like, um, and I was surprised by this because as creatives, we like to solve different, unique, challenging problems. Um, I'm kind of solving the same problems, but each one is unique and challenging in its own nuanced way. And there's there's a different spin for every new client. Um, you know, everyone's an imperfect mirror. So even though I might be solving the same problems, we're doing it in a different way with each and every time. But just like if you were to use an analogy of, I don't know, I'm going to use a baseball analogy. I was looking for a non-sport. Let me find a non-sports analogy. Let's say you were riding a bike. Can we call that not a sport? We're going to call that not a sport. And, you know, over time, riding a bike doesn't get boring because uh, you're constantly going down new terrains. Let's say you're going to do go on a mountain bike or a mountain or you're going to go whatever. So you're always going to be kind of adjusting and things are always going to be unique and interesting to that very moment. So you're always in a very dynamic environment, but you're solving the same kind of challenges over and over again, which makes you very, very good. So the same way you wouldn't get bored of doing, you know, uh, off-road biking or something, uh, you won't get bored of, of doing consulting, the same kind of challenging, solving the same kind of challenges for similar kinds of clients because it, you actually get very good at it. And then that kind of, that feeling of expertise, that feeling of having very crisp responses and very high quality work feels really, really good. So it's, it may be counterintuitive, but the more you specialize, yeah, you're solving very similar kinds of problems every day, uh, which is great, but you also get to solve them to a very high standard and you still get to apply a lot of creativity and strategy and uniqueness because every business is unique and every approach is going to be slightly different and the resources available are going to be different as well. So that's more or less the case for 
uh, whether you are specialized enough. Now, what about the flip side of that? So how do you know if you are maybe not specialized enough? And, and really it's the polar opposite of the things we talked about. So one is you could easily be replaced by a generalist firm or consultant that, yeah, like if you had to not work with that client, they could easily have someone else pick up and work, you know, just as well or similarly well to you in an undifferentiated way. That would be a sign that you're not specialized enough that sure, you know, that maybe there's not a co-working consulting out there, but that maybe this real estate consultant will do or something. And maybe that's the same thing. And frankly, it's not, but anyway, could you be easily interchanged? And, um, if say you were a real estate consultant, there'd be, there'd be so many of them out there that, you know, you'd have a, a you know, you would not, you would not have as an easy time selling in as much leverage as you would if you were more specialized in that industry. So number one is you could easily be replaced by a generalist firm or a consultant. Number two is clients want to and do pay you uh, after your services are rendered. So you meaning you have no price leverage, you have no negotiating leverage. Uh, the work you do is paid for uh, after you do it. And frankly, it's kind of like the, the client's in a take it or leave it situation because, oh, my hands are tied, you know, cash flow, whatever excuses they give you. Um, that's kind of, you don't have any negotiating leverage on that. So that's kind of what ends up happening. Number three is you work mostly with local clients. And this was something that I experienced, you know, I don't know, five years ago or so before I kind of started this journey of specialization is a lot of my clients lived in Toronto where I lived and I was, I was a nervous wreck about moving. And I was like, well, if I move and now I live about an hour outside of the city, if I move, then I will lose all my clients because they'll never see me and all that trust factor and stuff. And now it's like, I think my closest client is in Toronto, mind you. Um, they're an hour away, but I, I never see them. I saw them like a couple of years ago. And, um, so yeah, I mean, most of my clients are abroad, which means I'm location independent. And that's a really good signal for me that I'm doing good work and that people are willing to drive by, uh, to work with me, if you will. So passing that drive by test is key. Um, number four is, uh, everyone is your competition. And yeah, if you are not differentiated, you have a lot of competition, but the more specialized, the more focused you are, the smaller your competitive pool becomes the less price pressure you, you, uh, encounter and, um, the more negotiating leverage you have, uh, overall, right. With, with prices, payment terms and all other kinds of terms as well. Uh, so that's number, number four, everyone is your competition. Number five is you can't sell info products because frankly, the information you have is for everybody and therefore nobody feels like it really resonates with them. You can't create group coaching programs or memberships because the group that you're serving is too diverse. You need, you know, a lot of times in having a community or a membership, it really helps to have a very specific kind of audience, although not always like, you know, if I did a, um, a membership for, you know, knitting, you know, like sure you might get a whole range of people. So that's, take that for what it is, but in a business context, in a professional context in which we, most of us live, um, when you focus on a very specific target market, therefore, uh, your, your, your group therefore becomes a lot more, um, uh, relevant, uh, and the people become a lot more, uh, engaged and connected because they're all going through similar challenges and looking to do very similar things. Um, obviously there's a lot of variance to that, but uh, one of the signals that you're not specialized enough is that you have maybe an info product or you don't even know where to begin with creating an info product because the topic is just too broad and too general and therefore nobody wants to buy it, right? So that's one of the signs as well, uh, which can work if you're very large, then yeah, you can be a lot broader, but when you're smaller and you don't have a massive audience, then probably specialization is going to be the thing uh, that you want to do. And, uh, and uh, you know, a good sign that you're, that you're on the right track is when you're able to sell info products, memberships, group, group programs, that kind of thing. And then number six is, you know, every client feels like you're reinventing the wheel. So if you 
take on clients or clients and opportunities come with you, come to you. If it doesn't feel like, wow, I've done this a hundred times, then you're probably not specialized enough. And like, I, I still get opportunities to come out of, out of the world of work from people in all kinds of industries. And frankly, I'm just exhausted thinking about how I would break down and solve their problems. Um, once you get used to working with similar kinds of people, solving similar kinds of problems, uh, if, if you, it just feels so much better, you can do so many, you can work with so many more clients. You can do a lot more work and, and, and still have more available free time because you're not reinventing the wheel. You're just running your playbook. Uh, it's like riding the bike versus learning a new, you know, instrument every time or a new vehicle every time, you know, something came along. So, so yeah, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of having a difficulty, difficult time specializing and finding the right niche or niche. Uh, you kind of start broad, but the best thing to do is to, to really get very clear and focused on who you want to serve so that you can, um, you know, have very few alternative options, which allows you to have, uh, more leverage around payment terms and other negotiating factors. Um, that you can work with clients from further away. So they pass, you pass the drive by test. So you have, you know, some competition, but, but you're very distinct and unique relative to them. Uh, you're able to sell info products and you're able to, um, run client engagements with, with a high degree of efficiency, which means high profitability. Uh, you know, I can work with up to nine or 10 clients at a time, one-to-one and still do group programs and still market myself. So good signs there. So I hope this helps. This isn't an all encompassing kind of guiding way as to whether you're too specialized or specialized enough, but I hope this helps kind of orient you towards, uh, what are the kind of signals you should be looking for when, um, when picking your niche or niche. Okay. I look forward to hearing any questions you have as always leave them in the group. And if you've got any, um, thoughts or comments on this episode, comment inside the community. I'd love to hear them. Thanks so much as always. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.